When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Starcastic Remarks. My name is Christian Chambers, and tonight I am joined alongside by nobody. Ryan is too busy at the uh, state band competition right now, so he's not able to tune in. And James is stuck in his dorm room at UNT during quiet hours with nowhere to go. And it's raining outside, so he can't go outside. So I'm by myself tonight. If anyone in UNT knows where James can go to do the podcast during quiet hours please send us a message so we can get James back on. But uh, also since we're solo, I'm not able to have the graphics around me. So I decided to deck myself out in all my stars gear. Oh, and also James is with us in spirit. He's full producer James mode right now. He's the one hosting the, uh, the stream right now. And he's going to bring in any kind of comments that you guys might have. But uh, with all that said, let's get, right into the game so the first period for the stars was pretty bad for the first 15 minutes overall uh the first goal is scored by uh paul statsny at about 10 minutes into the game it was off of a really bad rebound from b i mean it just it <clears throat> excuse me it was a very savable shot that he just kind of doesn't hold on to just trickles into the net really terrible start by Holtby there and that that trend kind of kept going throughout the game for Holtby he did he didn't have a great night honestly uh he, he did he does end the night with pretty decent numbers because they end up getting 35 shots especially due to uh due to the power play at the end at the end of the third period and also due to uh how much they possess the puck in overtime as well really padded his stats at the end there but kind of a theme the whole game is Holtby wasn't really good tonight uh, but moving along in the first period, Jamie Ben scores at uh, the 16-16 mark. His first goal of the season from Tyler Sagan, pretty much off the faceoff. Uh, faceoff is actually lost by Dallas, but Sagan jumps on the puck right off the draw, gets it, gets it right up to Jamie Ben right in front of the net. He makes a sweet move in front of the goaltender, completely undresses him, no chance, slides it right in. His first goal of the season. And that's a classic Jamie Ben goal. I mean, you love to see a goal like that from him. And he needs to keep going to the front of the net because that's where he makes the majority of his goals. I mean, and we, we've talked about this a little bit on the podcast, but I, I really wish that he would lean on his wrist shot a little bit more than than he does. Again, this game, he doesn't. He's not taking very many, very many of those wrist shots that we like to see. And I don't think he has very many shots on on goal this game. Let me double check that real quick. Yeah, only two shots on goal, but he played a great game. 
So I just wish he would lean on that wrist shot and not be it, like, it feels like he's scared of his wrist shot right now. So not into that, but great goal nonetheless at the first, in the first period. And that kind of started the whole last five minutes for the Dallas stars where they look really good, really jumpstart the team. I thought uh, it was just a shame at the end of the first period. Uh, we take a penalty from Robertson. Uh, he was being too aggressive on a puck kind of in front of the net ends up getting a cross check high up into the face of a, ah, I can't remember his name. James, tell me the guy's name points or something. I I don't know how to say it. Uh, But yeah, not a great penalty there. Pretty easy call for the refs to make. Uh, And that leads us into the second period where on that same power play that carried into the second period, they score a goal in the very first minute, 32 seconds into the second period, Josh Morrissey scores on that power play. That was a pretty, that was a, it, it was a decent shot. Um, he, he was on top of the circle and it was a one-timer. So it, it was okay, but I really thought that was a savable puck. Uh, I mean, it would have been a good save, but I mean, w- w- when you're on the penalty kill, the goaltender has to be the best player. We talk about that all the time. And Holby definitely was not, uh, definitely was not the best player on that power play right there. Uh, you really didn't look like he had a chance. Didn't even see like he had the puck or he didn't see the puck at all. Really is what I thought, but not a great power play there. Uh, then a little bit later on in the second period, uh, about uh, six minutes in uh, Ropa hints comes into the zone off of a great no look backhand pass from uh, Pavelski gets a breakaway undresses the goaltender, just like Jamie Ben did slides it past the games now tied two to two. Well, what I saw immediately when I saw that is I was like, that's going to be offsides. Didn't even cheer. There was no doubt in my mind it was offsides. Looking back on the on the review, it it, it looked closer than I thought it was, but still he he was plenty offsides. So that gets called back and reversed. So Ropa Hintz is still looking for his first goal of the season as that one was called back and the score remained two to one. And then less than a minute of game time later, Pierre-Luc Dubois scores without the puck ever touching his stick. Puck goes off of a rebound off Pierre-Luc Dubois' skate and into the net. Now, there, there was a lot of debate from Stars fans about, I mean, on Twitter and Facebook especially, about if this was a kick. Uh, if you've been watching the other kicking infractions, I guess, or goals that have happened in the NHL, you'll know that the way kicking is working in the NHL is it has to be pretty blatant that the guy is kicking the puck. And even then sometimes it's still allowed. So the way the NHL is calling kicking right now, that's an obvious goal. I I told James before the podcast started in our group chat that I'm, I don't like that being a goal. I think that should be kicking, but it's, but that being counted is consistent for the way the NHL has been calling it recently. So I, I don't hate it. I don't love it. Obviously, but uh, it happened. Anyway, that's pretty much a, a two-goal swing in the mentality of the Stars. It goes from two to two immediately to three to one in the, in the time span of one minute in game time. And that completely kills the spirit of the Stars for the second period as they go on the rest of that second period looking terrible. That, that, that second period looked awful after that point. Uh, stars really had nothing going. Uh not not even really a push at the end of the game and just pretty disappointing. I, I tweeted this out. I was on the I was on the 
the podcast Twitter account. I said I didn't even want to watch the third period because it just looked like there was no fight from the stars. Didn't look like there was a chance in the world that we were going to come back. But little did we know, stars get some pushback in the third period. It takes about 10 minutes. So before we get into the comeback, it, I really thought the first 10 minutes of the third period were not good at all. I mean, honestly, they were really slow. It looked like we had nothing going. But luckily for the Stars, we get the power play opportunity that we were due. So <clears throat> Jason Robertson scores on the power play, kind of from Radulov and Pavelski. If you watch the goal, it's kind of just a barrel fest towards the net. Uh, we get a shot on goal from the point. Radulov and Pavelski start whacking at the puck in front of the Winnipeg Nets goaltender. Jason Robertson finally buries it after it's laying on the post. So... But we'll take them how we can get them right now, especially for the Stars, who really struggle to score goals this season, obviously. Um, but, yeah, great play uh, – or great power play goal for the Stars there. We really need the power play to spark up. And especially from the beginning of the season and to recently, it's been a lot worse recently. We, we're not really getting as much from it. Uh, but great scrappy goal from the Stars there. Love to see Jason Robertson really working down there by the net and – fighting for goals that we really needed. And then from that goal, the rest of the third period, we looked outstanding. The whole third period, lots of pressure. Uh, about, let's see, about four minutes later, Tyler Sagan scores. Ooh, Tyler. Ooh, this has actually changed. Okay, that's what James was telling me about. So Tyler Sagan is credited for the third goal now and not John Klingberg. So later on in that period, John Klingberg gets the puck at the middle of the point up top. He undresses the defenseman. Literally, the guy falls down trying to stay in front of the puck, completely demolished. John Klingberg gets a shot on net, which I guess is now deflected by Tyler Sagan. So John Klingberg no longer has his first goal of the season. And instead, Tyler Sagan has his third. So that actually just changed like in front of my eyes here. So great deflection by Tyler Sagan, I guess. I think it would have gone in whether it was deflected or not. I didn't see it deflected on the replay, but whatever that's what the nhl say it might change tomorrow morning but either way great play by john klingberg it was it, if you're if you're going to watch one highlight from tonight's game it's got to be that play from john klingberg it was outstanding crazy awesome stick handling by klingberg up at the top and just a wicked wrist shot it was awesome very cool so then the stars even after the second goal really are pressing a lot about four minutes left in the period the stars get another uh power play just our second of the night, by the way, and are really working on it. And then there's a phantom hook call on Jason Robertson. Like, I don't know how on earth that's a penalty. He kind of taps the Winnipeg Jets defenseman's glove with his stick, but not really. It was, I tweeted this as well. It looked like the weakest call of the season to me. Like, very, very ticky-tacky. And... Even if that was called in our favor, like someone slashing one of our player sticks, I would not agree with that call. So it, pre pretty egregious from the officiating there. And that's that was a theme of tonight as well. So the game ends with Winnipeg having four power play opportunities and Dallas having two. And of those two, one of them was halved because of the penalty that we got called later. Same thing for Winnipeg, but, you know, they had four, so they have less to complain about. And uh, Winnipeg goes two for four on that, which we'll talk about that a little bit later, how that's a how our penalty killing was a big factor tonight. But man, that was 
not a good uh, good penalty call at all. E- either way, nothing really doing on the four-on-four four after that. The penalty kill on the last minute of the Winnipeg Jets power play that they get because of the canceled-out power play uh, doesn't really bring anything either. It's killed off very well by the Stars. Uh, the period kind of ends with, with nothing doing. Uh, we go into the three-on-three three overtime. Man, it was so exciting. I, I, I told James this before the podcast, but it really felt like, it, or, or it always feels like, three-on-three three overtime is just the start of a completely different game <laughs> because the perspective of the three-on-three three versus the regular five-on-five five game time was crazy different. Holby looked outstanding in overtime, and then the during the rest of the game, he looks not great at all. So... Anyway, getting into the overtime, the Winnipeg Jets control the puck for pretty much the whole first two and a half minutes of the power play or of the overtime, which was pretty crazy. Uh, Haskinen was stuck out on the ice for about two full minutes, and Winnipeg hits two posts and gets a solid shot on goal that stopped by uh, that stopped by Hellebuck. Hellebuck, oh my gosh, that stopped by Holby, <laughs> the H names, man. But Holtby stops that later on in the overtime. Lots of more chances for Winnipeg. Pretty much the overtime was dominated by Winnipeg. Uh, Stars had a chance to send Klingberg on a breakaway from Foxa, but Foxa displays he has no hands, apparently. Shoots the hardest pass I've seen in my life and explodes on Klingberg's stick as he crosses the opposing blue line. So we get no chance out of that. Uh, not even sure if we had a shot on goal in the overtime. Let me just double check that here real quick. Uh, all right. And we had one shot on goal in the overtime compared to the Jets four. And that's not even including the Jets two post hits that they had as well. So yeah, totally dominated in overtime by the Jets, but Holby keeps us in it. Uh, we go into shootout. Jason Robertson has a, has a pretty bad attempt on the first one to be honest i mean it was a decent shot but it was pretty pretty easily read by the goaltender he makes a decent save there keeping the pad up in the in the hole uh and then kyle connor goodness with an amazing uh breakaway on holby undresses him buries it in the cookie jar off the backhand too very awesome goal joe pavelski does the same kind of thing on the forehand uh to the jets goaltender luke dubois Comes back for the Winnipeg Jets on their next go around. Easily stopped by uh, Holtby. Not not a good chance there. Alexander Radulov is up next for the Stars. He does the same move that worked in, in, the, in our previous shootout attempt. Doesn't work this time. He shanks it high. Goes right over the top into the netting even. Not even on the glass. And then Mark Shifley, who came back uh, tonight after being out for several games due to COVID protocol, finish it. For Finishes it for the Winnipeg Jets for so very storybook win for the Jets there with Shifley coming in at the end and finishing it off for them. But the Stars lose in overtime three to three is what I'll say. But the the, the score sheet says four to three because they give them a fake goal. But whatever. Uh, all in all, I thought I thought the end of the game was good, especially the end of the third period. It was a great pushback from the Stars. We showed what kind of offense we can actually have, especially after the Jason Robertson goal. It wasn't even just the power plays that, that were it. And that was it for the offensive side. It was really after the Jason Robertson goal. It was 
lots of good sustained five on five pressure. And that led to the Klingberg slash Sagan goal at the end there to tie it up. So we've got to figure out what we did right in that five on five. A lot of it, I think, was possessing the puck, carrying it into the zone. It was still winning puck battles after we take shots and they get pushed off by the goaltender into the corner, getting those pucks back, getting them back to the slot. It was cycling in the defense. Uh, I mean, a lot of times recently we've been, our forwards have been so focused on just winning puck battles, get it to the front of the net, winning puck battles, get to the front of the net. And we need to make sure that we're bringing our D into our offense because those are honestly our best offensive threats right now. And this game, especially at the end of the third period, it felt like we were winning those puck battles. Instead of throwing them in front of the net, we were throwing them back to Klingberg where Klingberg could dance around, take that shot like we saw go in, or give it to Haskinen who can skate all around everybody and get crazy good uh, assists or even shots for him as well. But we definitely need to keep on doing that. Uh, and figure it out five on five. Um, another quick storyline before we get into uh, some deeper things. The Stars finally score more than two goals in regulation, and it's game nine, and we scored three. I mean, good for us, but game nine is way too late. But I'm happy we finally did it, and we did it with two with two five on five goals too. Uh, so I'm happy about that at least. Uh, so. NFL fans hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has got you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win. With the promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years of age or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And let's get into the, the big pregame storyline from tonight was Gurionov is healthy scratched by Rick Bones. Uh, and Tanner Caro is put in instead. And also Thomas Harley is called up from the Texas stars and he slots in for Sekera in the lineup. Uh, so the Gurionov call or the Gurionov decision to, to bench him tonight was absolutely the wrong decision. It, it was, it's, it's idiotic, especially for a team that is needing more offensive production. So, Bones said in the pregame that he needs to see more five-on-five from Gurionov, that it's not just about power plays and overtime, and that it wasn't just his defense, it was his five-on-five play on offense as well. And I, if he had just said it was just his defense, I could understand that, especially after seeing some of the plays from last game. He's not great defensively. We know that about Gurionov. And same for the Radulov as well. Must be a Russian thing. But... We know he's he's not consistent defensively on five on five. 
But offensively, there's no way you can claim he's not doing his job offensively. So uh, in a Dallas Morning News uh, article from Matthew DeFranks, uh, he has a little table here showing the stats, the offensive stats for Gurionov so far in the season. So in shot attempts, he's first on the team with 34 shots. Shots on goal, he's third on the team with 14. Scoring chances, he's second on the team with 17. High danger chances, he's sixth on the team with four. And his expected goal ratio, which is kind of an advanced analytic, but whatever, is he's sixth on the team as well. So there's no way you can say Gurionov's offense was not five on five. So, and all these stats are five on five, by the way. These are excluding power play and overtime. So, there's no way you can say he's not doing his job offensively five on five. And for a team that needs offense five on five, you can't, you can't bench a guy like that. And what I'm hoping is that he responds the exact same way he responded a couple years ago to being sent down to the AHL. If you remember, he was sent down to the AHL and he blew it up. He scored more points than he had played games in the AHL and was called up, I think, after five or six games. And he looked like one of the best stars on the team. And he went on later that year to lead the team in goals with 20 when he was with the AHL Texas Stars the same year. So hopefully the same kind of thing happens, in which case I'll take this back and call Bones a genius. But for now, that's idiotic. It's really stupid to do, especially when we need goals. And I mean, who knows? Maybe if Gurionov is in, especially with that first chance that we saw from Car- uh, Jamie Ben passes over to Caro in the first period, Caro has a point blank chance and drills it into the goaltender's logo. Like, not even a chance to go in. So, definitely didn't like that. We did see Caro later on get a secondary assist on the on the Klingberg goal. I I don't give any kind of credit to that. I mean, Klingberg made a great play at the top of the point. There's nothing really Caro did offensively that was revolutionary there. So I I guess we'll give him that. He he was on the ice when a goal was scored. Good for him. But I mean, I just can't help but wonder what would happen on that first scoring chance if Gurionov was the one who got that puck instead of Caro. I mean, I think it's buried. I think it's in the net. I don't think there's a, a doubt. I don't think it's at least a better scoring chance than what we saw. Cause what we saw was really just truly sad. Uh, also Harley slots in for Sekera. The first period for Harley uh, was not good. I didn't think he had a really bad turnover in the defensive zone that led to a scoring chance. Uh, he nearly got burned around the end. He just fl- flicked his stick out last second and made the stop. And, those two plays were off only two minutes of time on ice in the first period. So really not good. He kind of settled in as the game went on, but I'd like to see Sekera more than Harley out there right now. And I didn't see any offensive upside from Harley either, which is the main reason we would want to bring him in too. So I, I don't see the point of bringing him in. So for both of those lineup changes, it's a, it's a big grade F for me is what it is. It's, really terrible and that kind of leads me into the next thing i wanted to talk about and that's the fire bones train in full effect 
So if you're on any kind of stars, fan page, group chat, discord, whatever, half of them are calling for bones head. And after the lineup changes I saw tonight, I think I'm on board with that. I mean, it was, it was idiotic. I mean, I don't, I don't see any other way to put it. I understand the defensive stuff. I understand it. Our defense hasn't been the problem. Our our problem is the goal scoring. We need Gurionov to be on the ice to score goals and lowering his ice time and taking him off the ice completely is not going to develop him as a player. It's not going to make him great. And we've seen multiple, multiple times from him that he can be an elite goal scorer. But I really feel like Bones is just choking the life out of this player and really ruining him developmentally. I, uh, He's a fast guy with a wicked shot, and he's not put into those spots. He's not put into the spot on the one-timer. He's not given great chances there. He's not able to skate up the ice when he's playing with fourth liners. He's playing with Caro and Kiviranta one game. And I mean, what's he supposed to do there? He he can't use his speed if guys can't get him the puck. So I think he's really being handcuffed by the coaching staff here. And we, we've talked about in earlier seasons about time on ice stuff and that I fully disagree with how players like Foxa, players like Cogliano uh, and Como would get substantially more time on ice, time on ice than Gurionov and even Rope at times. And the, I, I disagree with so many things that he's done. Y'all know I've been, if y'all have been listening to the podcast, y'all know I've been really critical of Bones. Even during the cup run, I was saying that he wasn't, he, he definitely wasn't a reason for it. And I thought he was a hindrance for it as well. So uh, I'm fully on board with the fire Bones train. I think that could really spark this team, get, get something going. Because right now they're, even this game that we go to overtime with, we steal a point. That's great. We played bad. It was not a good game. We played good for about 15 minutes of the 60 minutes. And he says the players got to figure that out. Well, like there's a common denominator here. I mean, when other people were the coach, it wasn't an issue that we only played a couple minutes of the game. So something's got to change. We're going to find a coach who has an answer to that other than just the players got to get themselves ready. It's that's obviously not working. He's got to do something else. He's got, or he's got to he's got to go, is what it is. And I, I think now is time. We we need a coach that can really develop Rope, Gryanov, and Hints as offensive powerhouses and lean on those guys to to be our core in the future. Because if you think about it, those guys are the future of Dallas Stars hockey, and those guys are nothing like Bones hockey. They, they, their style does not conform to Rick Bonus's style whatsoever. And I think we need to find somebody who is better able to utilize the skills and prowess that those guys bring. And I think Bones is going to, is going to ruin the next generation of stars. And I think he's already not having a great impact on this season. And I'd, I'd really like to see a change there. Uh, but anyway, Moving into less existential topics, uh, we'll get into turning the puck over everywhere. There was a ton of turnovers by the Stars tonight. And y'all know I don't love the giveaway stat because it changes so much building to building. 
but I think it's pretty substantial in this game. 14 giveaways for the Stars versus 6 for Winnipeg. That's a lot of giveaways. It's been a, a consistent theme throughout this game. And a lot of the giveaways tonight were either uh, on outlet passes, so that's leaving the zone, entering the neutral zone, or we're fully in the neutral zone. And that's just transitioning from defense to offense. And it, it just – the passes just aren't clean. Like, I feel like the passes are the correct passes to make. They're just not tape to tape. They, they just look sloppy and dirty, and it's something's got to change with that. I mean, I, I don't know if it's passing practice. I don't know if it's – I don't know what it is, but it's someone's got to give with the giveaways, if you'll excuse my pun. Uh, but the, ne the next thing kind of on the stat sheet that we have here is uh, the penalty minutes. Stars have uh, eight penalty minutes compared to the Winnipeg's four. And honestly, for all the penalty minutes except for the last one, they were pretty well-deserved, and you don't want to be taking three penalties a game. I, I still think it's it's too much. We got to we, we gotta figure out how to stay out of the box uh it's it's kind of ridiculous and, and most of them are from high sticking and the high cross checking by robo i don't know how hard it is to keep your stick on the ice but we we got to figure that one out um next is penalty kill goodness our penalty kill is bad i mean i i know the jets power play is good but we're supposed to have one of the best penalty kills in the game and part of that is Faceoffs, and that leads us right into the next category. The Stars lose the faceoff battle tonight, forty-nine to fifty-two. And if you understand what I how I feel about this team and our and our faceoff guys, we I feel like we should be dominating every team on faceoffs. So taking a quick look at it, our best friend Luke Glendening, thirty-nine or no twenty-nine percent. Sorry, a whole ten percent lower, twenty-nine percent on the faceoff circle. This guy was top five in faceoff percentage last year. A big reason of why he got signed onto our team. He got paid a decent amount for having a fourth line rule, to be honest. And we're only getting 29% on the faceoff circle. Especially for the penalty killing role that he's playing, that's that's gotta be changed. I mean, it I and I don't know what the issue is. I, I don't feel like there should I I've talked about this in other podcasts, but I don't feel like there should be that big of a hump to come over from one team to another in the face-off department. The face-off department is the exact same. There's no system in face-offs. It's you against the other guy. Just beat the other guy. I mean, are the face-off takers in the Central Division really that much better? Well, it can't be because this is the first Central Division team we've played. So that doesn't make sense. <laughs> so we, we, we've got to figure something out. And because of the face-off percentage, I think in large part, Luke Glendinning doesn't have the highest shorthanded time on ice this game. That belongs to Roddick Foxa. He has 239 compared to Glendinning's 120. Uh, Roddick Fox gets a 50%. Not That's honestly not a great night for him either. Uh, Jamie Benn has a terrible night. He goes 30%, pretty much equal to Luke Glendinning. Um, Come Owens, the one draw he takes. Congrats to him. Pavelski has a good night. He has 63%. Hintz actually has a surprisingly good night. He has 75%. Very good night for him. I mean, Ropa Hintz is the only guy that can be below 50%, and I'll be okay with. Pretty much in my mind, I think as long as Hintz is above 40%, we can live with that, and the other guys will pick up the slack. But not tonight. Ropey Hintz was, was pushing it on the faceoff dot. Uh, and Tyler Sagan at the bottom here with 33% as well. So really not a great faceoff night from three guys that really should have it from, should really have a good faceoff night every night from Sagan, Ben, and Glenn Denning. So 
pretty frustrating in that department. I mean, and we've talked about it. We have five center Reisman who are really good at face-offs and are some of the best in the league. And we should be winning the face-off percentage battle pretty much 60-40 almost every game, in my opinion, if not higher. And that and that's a huge part of the offense. I mean, you see the first goal of the game, Jamie Ben scores directly off the face-off. I mean, it wasn't exactly from a win from us, but still, it needs it needs to be better. Uh, James just hit me up with a stat here. We're, we're still fourth in the league in face-off percentage, and that's great. It, it's where we should be. It's not... It's not unexpected at all. That should be totally expected, but it, it's got to be better than that tonight. Uh, he also lets me know that Jets are 16th. So we're fourth in the league car and face off percentage. Jets are 16th. So we had a really bad night and the Jets had a very good night. Uh, moving on to the next thing here. We're, we're still, we're still not having good shots on goal in general. I know we finally got the three goals tonight, but the majority of shots are not good. Uh, Rads had a two on one with Sagan where you could tell he really wanted to pass it off. He, the defenseman pretty much takes Sagan out of the equation and gives Rads a breakaway almost. And Rads just shoots it into the logo. It's that turns a grade a scoring chance into not even a scoring chance. So not, not very good at all. Uh, there is, a, there's multiple times where Klingberg rifled the puck past the net, hit the glass couple times on rushes that rope a hints misses the net hits the glass. I mean, the shooting, the shooting is still a big issue. We've got to find ways to at least to it, to hit the net first per the Klingberg and uh, rope a things I gave you, but we, we they've got to be good shots too from, from Radulov. Like that's, it, it's not a scoring chance. If you do something like that, it turns into nothing. You, you make the goaltender look great for stopping a two on one when he doesn't even really do anything. He just kind of stands there. So we, we've got to figure that out too. So uh, kind of all in all for this game, the majority of the game felt a lot like the Ottawa senators game where we were not playing well at all. Uh, we didn't, we didn't control the game at any point until the end of the third period. Uh, the second period, Winnipeg dominated us. Uh, most of the first period, they dominated us as well. Let's take a quick look at the uh, shots on goal per period here. Give me just a second to pull those up. Yeah, so the first period, the Stars outshoot the Jets 8-7. to seven. The second period is where the Jets really took control of the game, 17-8 to eight shots on goal. And uh, Matt, Matt DeFranks pointed out uh, during, during the game, we get outshot 17-8 to eight in our number one shot attempt player is not in the game due to a healthy scratch. And that's going to bring me back to the, to the fire bones thing and the other segments I already talked about, but man, that, that, that it's dumb. I really hate it. Uh, But, and then third period, we outshoot the jets 10 to seven kind of pretty much solely because of the last 10 minutes of the game where we, we looked a lot better, pretty much the first five. I'm not sure if we had a real good shot on goal, uh, but yeah, that'll do it for the Stars. Uh, they lose in a shootout, four to three to the Winnipeg Jets. Come back in the third period, but too little, too late. The best way to win games is to win them in regulation. Stars just can't do that this year. Still looking for the first regulation win. Nine games into the season, we'll see if they can do it 
on Thursday night at 8 p.m. versus the Calgary Flames. Uh, Calgary is doing extremely well right now. Uh, we're we're going to need some help from some goaltending, and we're going to need to score some goals if we're going to win the game in there. Uh, be sure to use the uh, promo code we have for DraftKings, the THPN. I'll give you some free goodies in there. Uh, be sure to check back in on Thursday for the next PGR. Uh, we will likely not be doing the Wednesday night uh, podcast this week just because Ryan is still at his state band competition. We're really excited for him. We're really hoping his band does well. Uh, but unfortunately, that'll mean one less podcast for you guys. But don't worry. After that week, we'll have much more free time for Ryan, and we'll get you with lots more awesome Dallas Stars content from your favorite Dallas Stars fans. All right. Thank you so much, guys. We will see y'all on Thursday, and we will catch you on the flip side. Have a good night. <laughs>